Members, if we could come to order. Okay, I'll call the roll. Roman Porter. Present. Bill Camp. Present. Cyril Shaw. Here. Steve Hansen. Here. Bill Motmans. Here. Bernard Bowler. Here. Sandra Fry Lucas. Here. Steve Maviglio. Here. Miranda Perry. Here. Phil Pluckebaum. Here. Maya Wallace. Here. Michelle Rubel-Kalva. I should practice it more. Nadia Leal Carrillo. Here. And our chair, Julius Cherry. And I'm here, Madam Clerk. We have a quorum. Thank you so much. Um, the chair would like to make a couple housekeeping announcements tonight. I guess they're actually a little bit more than housekeeping, but um, uh, it's obvious from the roll call, and I think most members are aware by now that we had a resignation on the committee, and that is uh, um, uh, member Lynn Hom. 
Um, she and I have had a chance to talk. I've thanked her on behalf of the committee for her service. Uh, she's also talked uh, with, I understand, uh, Council Member Angelique Ashby, who's chair of the PNPE committee. Uh, and so if she is personal family reasons, that's really all we needed to know. And unfortunately, she was not able to continue with us. So the first order of business um, I would like to discuss with the committee is if it, if it would be the will of the committee that we would simply uh, install Ms. Rubicalva as our vice chair. Um, we've already debated the issue. I prefer not to spend a lot of time in it. We're going to really get into the substantive issues tonight. And we couldn't do it tonight anyway because it has to be agendized. But if it would be the will of the committee, you know, she ran or she ran. She was nominated. She was runner-up. And uh, it would simply, uh, simply be, a, I think, a, a nice gesture and make it easier to just uh, have an intent motion so that we can install her. I will tell her that I do not intend at this point to uh, miss any further meetings. I have planned my schedule out between now and the end of this project and don't plan to miss, but, you know, could get hit by the proverbial truck. So, um, or maybe I could resign. I don't know. <laughs> That's not an announcement. <laughs> In any event, um, it would be nice if we could do that. We do need an intent motion because it has to be agendized. But are there questions from before the, or the motion? Are there questions from members? I was going to second. Uh, I, I would second as well. Okay. It's been moved and seconded that we have an intent motion that we put on the agenda for next week's meeting to install Ms. Rubicava, Michelle Rubicava, as our vice chair. Uh, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed? Abstentions? The ayes have it. Um, second order of business is the discussion of the replacement of um, member Hom. What I will tell the, the, and, uh, the body is obviously free to weigh in. What I will tell you is that um, we, uh, our, our clerk has discussed it with uh, Councilmember Angelique Ashby. She is of the opinion that trying to bring someone else on the committee at this point in time is problematic at best. We're almost halfway through. We're about to get into the meat and the substance of it. Um, I've talked to one or two other council members. There is no hue and cry to do that, and the council itself would be the body that would have to d deliberate to make that happen however they would do it, not us. And so it appears that um, we're going to probably move on with 14 members. That obviously brings up the issue of, you know, we could, since this is a democratic process, end up with a 7-7 vote. And I simply would say that uh, we'll deal with that if that becomes an issue. And if it becomes an issue, we simply, as a collaborative body, will have to work through it. Any comments or questions from members regarding that? Okay. And then the last um, piece of house. Yes. Sorry. I know that the uh, my only comment is the city ordinance that created the committee did allow for the PP&E committee to select a replacement. So um, I guess if the council makes that decision, it's it's really up to them. And if Council Member Ashby and her colleagues have decided that, then that would be fine with me. But I guess. Uh, I'm, from the perspective of the ordinance, it's really up to them, regardless of what we might want. So if the council as a whole has decided that, then I think that makes a lot of sense. Per perhaps I wasn't as articulate as Sorry. I hoped to be. I, I thought that's what that's kind of what I was the point I was trying to make. I guess maybe I was soft peddling it. Yes, the council has not said they want to replace her. Yes, they clearly have the authority to do so. And the last piece of um, housekeeping um, is this. I would um, is a request, obviously request only, uh, of the members tonight to um, do 
our best, as best we can, to sort of refrain from our deliberations tonight regarding the maps um, without any ill intent or intent to suppress anybody's thoughts. I think, and maybe I'll be wrong and we'll have more time, I think that with 37 submittals, uh, potentially 37 presenters, although I don't see that many folks in the audience, that it's, it can be a long night. And it seems to me that um, in our effort to hear from the public, which is what everyone has been um, talking about since the very beginning, having as much public input as possible, that tonight would be the night that we would sort of designate to hear from the public, uh, to let folks come in, talk about their maps, why they think their map is the map we should choose or recommend to the council. And so I certainly am going to attempt to refrain from making a lot of comments about the maps we see tonight, and I would ask that, that we as a body at least consider taking that tact. Um, if it turns out that we have a lot of extra time, more than I think, then I guess we don't have a problem, but I would be surprised looking at the agenda uh, if it um, is all done in two hours. That would be my goal, but I, I don't think that's very realistic. And I would prefer the meeting, you know, not get unwieldy, or at least not run longer than it reasonably should. Um, so with that, um, we have uh, one speaker tonight. Well, first of all, let me, let me be respectful of the member. Comments regarding the process of potentially taking all the input in tonight and starting our deliberation next week. Mr. Maviglio. Yeah, that, that sounds good. One thing I did mention, and I had a brief conversation with staff, is um, so far uh, tonight we've gone down in attendance again, but so far there's been the participation from the public has been largely interest groups. And I'm very concerned that citizens of the city who can't make it here for boring meetings on Monday nights still can be able to comment on it. And I noticed we did get one email comment today, but I went on the site today to try to figure out how, if I knew nothing about the process, how I would do input, and I found it, uh, A, cumbersome, and B, almost impossible to, to find a way to do that. So if if it's your desire and the, and the committee's desire to, to urge our technical people to make electronic comments a lot more easy to find on, on, the, on the way. Specifically, uh, if there was a way to do it on each individual map, if somebody really wanted to weigh in on that, that would be great and might save us a lot of time here. So if that's doable, I'd love to see it. Thank, thank you for the, the comment. I am the agent of this committee, so what your desire is my desire. Uh, it sounds like I'm hearing from our clerk that we will figure out a way to make it more user-friendly. And your comments are actually well, well taken. Other comments? Uh, Member Hanson. Uh, one of the things that we talked about at our first meeting, I think, was how we were going to approach analyzing these maps, looking at them. And um, just in the interest of making sure we have objective criteria that we uh, analyze all the maps uh, on similarly, I think that's a discussion that we haven't had yet. So to somewhat um, continue that um, analyzing process by continuing to take public comment, but uh, I think it's helpful. But at the end of the day, if we don't apply the same anal analytical process to all of the maps, then we'll end up being a little arbitrary. So I would encourage um, the committee to adopt some analytical framework whereby we can assess all of the maps on the same basis. Point, point taken. Uh, Mr. Mr. Camp. Um, you know, I've identified a, a number of maps that fall outside the legal framework. They're more than 10% beyond the variation. And I, I would like for the committee to think about, do we want to look at a map that's 
outside the range, except legal acceptable range, or a map that's 100 percent outside, 114 percent. So, although I I think we ought to consider all input, I'm troubled by the notion that we spend the public's time looking at a map that uh, would never be acceptable by the court because of its variation from what's accepted, what's the legal standard. So I at least want to, some thought by the committee as to whether or not those maps are treated just quite the same way as someone who is within a reasonable shot of the acceptable deviation. I, I just, I'm, I'm, I don't see somebody who gave us a map that's 292 percent outside of the deviation is carrying the same level of of uh, consideration of someone who's clearly trying to create some equity among the districts. Thank you. Um, member Pleckable. I agree with Member Camp. Uh, if there is no comment in the map that, that some, I, I believe some of the maps were uh, developed with the intention of expressing a single idea and not a comprehensive uh, plan for the city. So if there is no comment in the map or no presentation from the map maker that would explain that idea, and if it's just a, a map that, that we can't interpret or, or uh, infer some sort of other uh, reason, uh, I don't want to spend a, a tremendous amount of the committee's time trying to um, you know, into it, what the map, maker, map, map maker was in, was thinking when they made the map. Understood, uh, Commissioner Shaw, or commi committee member. I keep trying to say commissioner. Th uh, thank Shaw. you, Chair. And um, I, for the most part, agree with what uh, Member Pluckybaum had to say. I think the uh, one map that Member Camp used as an example, I think, was making a specific point. And similar to um, when some uh, members of the LGBT community made uh, presented us with maps at our last meeting, um, they they weren't drawing districts. They were just trying trying to point out um, a, a concentration, a community of interest. And I think some of these maps do the same thing. I am okay with if there's no comment and it's way off, we toss it. But I think some of these are trying to make a singular point without providing a comprehensive solution, and I, I don't think we should just uh, discount those immediately. Yeah, I was going to make the same point. Thank you. Member Fry Lucas. I'd like to go with the recommendation that our chair made um, that we proceed with the agenda as um, printed out here and perhaps save this conversation to the back end of the meeting, for the back end of this meeting. Other comments? I would just, the only thing I would say, Bill, is I agree with you 100%. I think that um, as it relates to the, I think we have an obligation to consider all maps, and I think we will consider them all. I think it's an issue of the weight that we give to a map as opposed to whether we consider it or not. There's, you know, sort of the admissibility part, and then there's what weight do we give it. But um, anyway, I'd, I'd like to have us proceed unless there are other comments regarding our procedure. Okay, with that, we do have a request um, that we've, agreed to grant uh, to a speaker um, who wants to, to address us on something that occurred when I was gone last week, and that's uh, Rosanna Herber. And we'll go ahead and take that comment now. Thank you, Chair Cherry and members of the Sacramento City Redistricting Committee. I'm Rosanna Herber, and last week when I came before you, I had a memo that uh, the LGBT committee 
community had uh, submitted to you. And in that memo, I said that the LGBT community was stunned to hear the city attorney advised the committee that there are no legal reasons why the committee should be compelled to recognize the LGBT community as a community of interest in their decision making. After the meeting, I spoke to the city attorney and he respectfully encouraged me to go back and listen to the tape because um, he felt I had misquoted him. And I did go back and listen to the tape, and it was right. Um, I had misquoted him. And I misunderstood his comments and, and was unfairly critical of him. So I have already apologized to him, and, and he has graciously accepted my apology. But since this went into the record, I felt compelled to um, to have the record reflect what is correct, and that is that um, he did do his research, and um, he was very articulate, and I misunderstood something that he had said. So with that, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to um, get this misunderstanding into the record and, and thank the city attorney for his uh, graciousness in this matter. Let me, let me say thank you on behalf of the committee. Okay, with that, we will go back to our regular schedule agenda, and uh, we'll start out with uh, our staff report. Good evening. My name is Marie McGonigal. It's my pleasure to be here again tonight to present to you. I'm going to just give you our briefly our weekly um, report out, but first I just want to mention that um, though Scott Mindy is here in his physical body, he's lost his voice <laughs> and has laryngitis and he can't speak so if you hear him see him whispering in my ear I'm going to be the mouthpiece for the night so I'll be taking Scott's <laughs> item later on in the agenda and I can say whatever I want <laughs> so he can whisper <laughs> um, alright so tonight uh, let's let me give you a little bit of uh, what happened last week in the media uh, we had an uh, article in the Computer World magazine today mentioned Sacramento, um, but it was primarily focused on L.A. County, but it was a very interesting article. If you get a chance to read it, it's about how um, technology is um, making uh, this process of redistricting more accessible to the public, and um, L.A. County has implemented a similar software tool. Actually, most of the work that we did prior to their implementation has been helpful to them in making that process better. Um, Cassandra Jennings, our assistant uh, city manager, was interviewed on the Insight program at Capital Public Radio on Tuesday last week, along with the um, Sacramento County Registrar Voters. There's uh, been an article in the One Stop Sacramento newsstand encouraging participation. We sent out a press release this morning to encourage people to come tonight and see the plans and comment on them. And uh, there's been several email notifications uh, to various groups uh, letting people know that the plans are available online and that, they're avail um, that uh, they should come and participate in the process and let us know their issues and interests. There have been 37 uh, plans submitted. They're available online. And um, also last week we had a community outreach meeting with the Robo Park Community Association. And that's it for Report out. Thank you. 
Um, item two, it's time to uh, start taking a look at the maps. So uh, to assist the community in developing and submitting redistricting plans, staff in partnership with the software vendor has developed a uh, free to the public online tools and resources. The online tools allowed users to interactively redraw boundaries, share plans with others, create reports, and submit plans. On May 16th was the deadline for submittal of the redistricting plans. The city has received 37 plans from the community and interested parties. The plans are now available on the city's uh, redistricting website at www.cityofsacramento.org slash redistricting. It's also available through the main page um, on the redistricting link under news section. The plan submission document is uh, located here where Carlos is pointing with the cursor um, where you can, where it says view submitted plans. It is uh, provided in a PDF format on the website. It contains the 37 submissions, and each submission is given a unique number to identify it. So SR for Sacramento Redistricting 001 through 37 are numbers that we've um, assigned to the individual plans that were submitted. Carlos has just opened up that document, and you can see this is the index page. And I'm just going to give you a high-level overview of the PDF document, and then we'll actually dive into the individual plans. Each, uh, on the main index, there's a link to um, it, the individual plans. If you click on that link, it will jump you to the actual plan that was submitted. There are four pages contained uh, for, or provided for each report or plan that was submitted. Um, the first page is a summary information page. That includes the name of the submitter, the plan information, plan justification, if it was provided. The second page is a map that includes the district number and the total population for the plan that was designed. The third page is the same map without the labels, so sometimes the labels obscure uh, the map boundaries, so we've taken them off on the, second, uh, on the third page. And on, on the fourth page is a statistic summary report that provides more detailed information about some of the data behind the report. So tonight, I am going to go through each plan that was submitted. I am going to strictly be presenting what was submitted and not providing staff commentary on the plans. I will just go through each one um, sequentially. I'll introduce the plan. I'll then call the plan submitter to speak to their plan. The plan uh, map will be displayed on the screen when I do that, and then each submitter will have the normal uh, two-minute allotted time to speak and present if they would like to do so. And uh, then others at the end of the, uh, going through all the different sets of maps or plans, then um, at the end the speakers um, in, that want to make general commentary that, uh, that were not submitters can do that. And with that, we'll start with the first SR001. This plan was, and this is where I, I feel for you, Shirley, with the name. So uh, you have to beg your forgiveness in advance <laughs> for mispronouncing names. But um, so this is uh, 
SR001, it's Tong Rung or Rungi or something like that. Um, and I'm going to read just a little bit of what was plan, uh, submitted in the plan justification. This is a neighborhood-focused plan. It uses natural boundaries such as rivers, railroad tracks, and freeways to divide the districts while keeping the neighborhoods intact. And at this time, I would invite um, Mr. Rungi to come up and uh, comment on his uh, on his submission. However, um, he did um, provide to us a statement, because he couldn't make it here tonight, that he'd like to have read into the record. And um, I don't know, Shirley, do you want me to do that? Yes, please. Okay. So this is uh, from Tom. Uh, my name is Tom Rungi, and I am a third-generation Sacramentan and a homeowner in the Tahoe Park area. I would like to briefly explain the purpose of my plans, Neighborhoods 2012. I would just comment, this is my comment. He has submitted multiple plans, and this is uh, referring to those. Over the past couple of decades, the city has focused most of its attention on the redevelopment of downtown and midtown. I believe that this has been a worthy goal in that, in that the entire city and the region benefits when we have a vibrant urban core. Unfortunately, this has come at the expense of our neighborhoods and our commercial corridors. It is the neighborhoods, after all, that are the lifeblood of our great city. I've taken into consideration the needs of communities of interest in developing these plans. In the first plan, I have sought to make sure that all the current council members would remain in their current seats. It is my hope that my plan will restore some balance and where the city focuses its resources, and while it will ultimately be up to the mayor and council on how the neighborhoods are served, the actions, uh, the actions that you will take in the redistricting process will be a good first step towards achieving these goals. Thank you for your time and your consideration. And we'll be moving on to map to SR002. This is uh, submitted by John Connolly. The objective of the plan is to create nearly equal population districts on whole neighborhoods. And at this time, I'd like to invite the submitter to come and speak to this plan. Okay. We'll move on to the next plan submission. This is SR003. Anthony Payne, as stated by the submitter, this is a population equity representative of ethnicities, neighborhood stabilization where feasible, utilization of natural boundaries where feasible. And Anthony? We just saved four minutes. <laughs> May, may I uh, just make a request to the, uh, with the chair's permission to the audience that if you are the author of one of these maps, if you could just submit the number to the clerk, then we won't have to ask after okay. each map. It might help things along. Thank you. This is SR004. It was also submitted by Anthony Payne. The uh, plan justification, as uh, stated by the submitter, is um, topography, geographic cohesiveness, continuity, integrity, and compactness of territory, communities of interest of the districts, and existing neighborhoods.
SR005. Provides more commonly known geographic borders, redistributes heavily contested central city, projects population growth in the central city. Districts 1 and 2 have more population but mostly low-density residential. Districts 3, 4, and 5, and 6 have more potential for high-density growth. This is Ian Merker. This is SR006, submitted by James Adams. This map concentrates the downtown area in a single council district as the current fragmentation is disadvantageous to many communities, including the LGBT community. James uh, Adams submitted a comment on online as well, and I can read that to you now. His comment is, I am the author of map SR006, the downtown concentrated redistricting map. I apologize if I split any important communities in my redistricting plan. This map is meant as a guide for the commission and council to enhance representation of the downtown communities, arts, Asian, LGBT, higher density, and um, variety of incomes. Another alternative would be for District 1 to leave downtown or 3 and 4 taking up the remainder. Thank you for your consideration. Only 30 to go. The SR007, this is uh, George Kingsley. And the plan name is Integrity. It, uh, the plan justification is minimal deviation in each district. SR008, Jeffrey Neal. This plan is uh, designed to split the city as evenly as possible into eight districts that pay close attention to the community connectivity. A couple of the named communities in the downtown midtown area are not kept whole, but in my experience, these boundary lines are as not well defined in people's minds as they are on the map. And SR008. Okay. SR009, James Andrew Shelton submitted this plan. There are no comments. This is SR010. James Andrew Shelton also submitted this plan. The plan objective is to maintain neighborhood connectedness and population parity. SR011, this is um, Terrence McNamara. Plan objective is to create a fairly distributed district map where common interests are represented by a single council members. As someone who lived in Sacramento all my life in the pocket 
North, uh, Natomist, East Sacramento, and College Greens. And as someone who ran a delivery service for many years, I understand the nuances of each neighborhood and how the geography joins and divides parts of the city. Thank you for the opportunity to provide input. Maria, on number 12, the person that submitted this map called me just before I walked in the room and said he was driving from El Dorado Hills. So I don't know if the committee will give him a chance when he gets here to speak on his plan or if we could come back to it. Okay, we, I can, um, I can put we, it to the end of the, the yeah. that's okay with? I thought he would be here, but he just, he called me. So. Okay. okay. Let's move on. We'll see what happens when he shows up. Okay. We're skipping SR012 um, then. We're on to 13. This is uh, from Sean Gill. This is uh, called Compact Districts Plan. The aim was to keep uh, the district as compact as possible while recognizing major neighborhoods. SR 14 is uh, Devin LaValley. This is uh, my principal objective was to respect major neighborhoods as much as possible. My secondary objective was to join similar neighborhoods to empower lower income and minority groups. Phil Perry. Plan objective is to hold neighborhoods together, balance population and demographics, and accommodate growth. Nick Avidas, Ad, Advis, Ad, okay. This, uh, this goal, the goal of this uh, was to create a plan with as equal populous dis districts as possible, focusing, pri fo focusing primarily on keeping the Valley View acres within District 1. Uh, <clears throat> the reasons, uh, reasons for keeping Valley View acres in District 1 include a shared topography, geography, cohesiveness, continuity, integrity, and compactness of territory, communities of interest that the VVA has with the rest of the North Natomas community. Being the first neighborhood north of um, I-80, east of uh, I-5, the Valley View Acres residents strongly identify themselves with North Natomas, a community in which we live, work, and play. is SR17, and it is called District 6 is the plan name, uh, and uh, this is another one from Tong, Tom Rungi, and uh, this uh, the statement is, um, our goal is to unite the neighborhoods of Oak Park, Elmhurst, Tahoe Park, Fairgrounds, Talek Village, Tahoe Park East, Lawrence Park, Colonial Village, Colonial Heights, Avondale, Depot Park, collectively referred to as Sacramento's first, first suburbs in one council district. And I assume that no one's here to comment on that because Tom. SR 18, Aaron Moreno. This is... Uh, the plan objective is geographically logical districts. 
D. Brady. And the plan objective here is to give all neighborhoods an equal voice and break up provincialism. Eric Guerrera, this is uh, this is a primarily a statement of community of interest as opposed to a full plan. This um, plan of Latino uh, communities of interest was drawn from resume, residents who are members of various Latino community organizations or organizations that serve the Sacramento Latino community. Is there anyone here to speak to this? I'm sorry, if I might, Mr. Chair, just a reminder that Mr. Uh, Guerra and a few others from the Latino community were here at the last meeting last week. Christopher Lowe, there are no comments on this map. This is the second plan that was submitted by Tom Rongi. The same comments apply to both of them in the statement that I read into the record earlier. This is SR 23, Teresa Acuna. This is uh, called the Latino Redistricting 2011 map. The attached plan attempts to draw connected Latino communities. This plan was drawn with input from Latino residents. The two significant communities that should be within one district are the Northgate and South Natomas communities north of the American River and the Oak Park and Fruit Ridge Manor communities south of Highway 50. This plan takes into consideration geographical boundaries and historically Latino communities or neighborhoods. Paul Noble. This is SR 24. This plan is endorsed by a majority of the board of the East Sacramento Improvement Association. It places River Park, East Sac, Midtown, Downtown in the same district. It also enhances three districts north of the river to accommodate population growth in the area. It uh, <clears throat> passes the integrity test and all districts are within 5% of the optimum population. Six are much closer. Finally, it preserves the integrity of the traditional neighborhoods while respecting groups with shared interests. Okay, this is SR025. This was uh, submitted by Lynn Hom. And uh, the plan objective is tried my best to have the districts equal in population. SR 26 is also submitted by Lynn Hom, and uh, the plan objective was uh, map number two submitted, also tried to keep the districts equal in population. SR 27 is Paul Towers, and the organization is the Oak Park Neighborhood Association and Government Relations Committee. The plan objective, this is our first draft uh, at a plan which priori prioritizes the interests of the Oak Park residents. Okay. 
SR 28 was submitted by Patrick Mulvaney. The organization is just me and James Madison. <laughs> the uh, plan description is this plan was created with the belief that a strong central core is vital for a strong region and mindful of the words of James Madison in the Federalist Papers, ambition must be made to counteract ambition. This is SR 29, submitted by Su Yan Chi, and uh, the plan name is H007. Um, the plan objectives are balanced population with a target deviation of 10 or less than uh, or less equal 0.02 percent. Geographically compact, no GRE mandering and preference for, of using neighborhood divisions, natural boundary barriers, and major thoroughfares as boundaries takes into account past district divisions. This is SR30. The uh, submitter is Dr. James Reed, and the plan name is James Reed, final. 5-15-2011. And the submitter is here to speak to this plan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the committee. My name is Dr. James Reed, and when I drew this map, I attempted to meet the requirements of the Voting Rights Act. The standard deviation for the districts is less than 0.6% or less than plus or minus 0.6%. It retained communities of interest both in the north and in the south, both in North and Thomas, uh, the Del Paso Heights area, the central city along the river. It retained Meadowview in a compact district, which approximately uh, 15 of the prior maps that you've seen have split Meadowview in half, which was done originally back in 1981. I might add that the compliance checklist is sort of messed up because there are census blocks that cross into the county from the city. And there are seven instances of where census blocks cross into the county. There is one instance where there are four census blocks that are split in District 1 because of the Alberta finger. The other census block splits are in the Fruit Ridge finger. I've attempted to keep communities of interest intact. I looked at the lesbian, gay, well, the LBG community. LBGT community, and I also looked at Tahoe Park, Oak Park, and the existing districts. If you also notice, the districts are counting from west to east, north to south, which many of the other maps fail to do. One of the things that my map does is keep communities of interest throughout the city compact, and in accordance with the Voting Rights Act, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, James. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Reed. 
This is uh, SR31. The contact uh, is, uh, it was submitted by the African American Leadership Coalition, organization of 75 member, uh, 75 member organization representing the African American interests and issues within the Sacramento MSA. And I believe there's someone here to speak to this. Yes. Okay. And um, I'll let the submitter come and speak then to this plan. Good afternoon, Daryl Roberts, Chairman of the African American Leadership Coalition. Thank you all very much for the opportunity to submit a map. Um, it, in, in a way, the comments of Mr. Reed are, are uh, also a focal point of our district. There were a couple moments when we differed, and to that end, that's why we end up having two separate maps. Um, much of our difference had to do with uh, District 2. Um, we looked at District 2, and we saw the opportunity for um, a community of interest that allows South Natomas and the Del Paso communities to come together. Communities of interest, families are, uh, are dealing with some of the same issues. We also looked at uh, District 2 and recognized that in, in, our, in our thought pattern, it was um, the need to have an economic engine as part of that district. Um, so we actually went down uh, to Township 9 and to uh, the rail yards. I think really that's, that's where we differed at. Um, because of that, uh, it, three ch changed for us as well as one. And our deviation was, for the most part, about 1.5, give or take a few points. Uh, but in District 1, what we did is we looked at the projected figures, uh, growth figures in the future. Now, I know last week um, Matthew mentioned that there was some concern that that's not uh, proper, but if you look back in, in the records for the 20, uh, the 2000 census, that really was a discussion that was that that was had by the city council as it talked about future growth. So we left those numbers smaller, recognizing that District One has the opportunity for future growth. We met with uh, the uh, uh, gay and lesbian community as well as the Asian and members of the, uh, the uh, Hispanic community as we talked about our mapping. Uh, we didn't get full buy-off from anyone, but we recognized that it was important that we included the interests of our entire community as we discussed. Um, for the most part, we felt like we did a fair, uh, competent job. We tried to keep communities of interest, uh, for the most part, intact and take, took into consideration those concerns that were raised by those we spoke with. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Roberts, for your comments. Okay, on to um, SR32. This was uh, submitted by James Felton, and the organization is Ion Sacramento. The uh, Plan objectives, or our plan seeks to achieve two goals, to draw districts that are designed to respect and support the integrity of Sacramento's diverse neighborhoods and also be well under a 1% variation of the mean district population. My name is Jim Felton, uh, representing the plan submitted by Ion Sacramento. And it's important to note not just what we were trying to accomplish here, but also what we were trying to, not trying to accomplish. Uh, what we were not trying to do is imply with the numbering of the district that that's where the, the new city council district should be. It, uh, we believe it's up to the city council to put the numbers on the districts 
the, the plan required us to put a number, so these are the numbers we came up with. They're very logical, like, uh, like the other plan. They're left to right, north to south. But that, we're not tied to that, and, and that's not our issue. Our issue is neighborhood preservation. Uh, what we are also we're not concerned with is the, 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 where the incumbents live. We let the district or we let the neighborhood lines guide us. So some council districts have two incumbents, some have none. That was not our concern. The neighborhood preservation was our concern. So when you think of our plan, obviously you think neighborhood preservation. We want that to be the overriding factor in ultimately what the council uh, adopts, and we think it's the most important criteria. Uh, unfortunately, we did have to split a couple of districts, mainly because of the we we're trying to keep it within a, a, a tight uh, uh, deviation uh, deviation percentage. But we hope that if the city council uses a higher deviation percentage that we used, that they would use that to to restore the neighborhoods that we split. Uh, we think each neighborhood deserves to be in a single city council district, and uh, we think that, that that is the best plan for Sacramento. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. Thank you, Mr. Felton. This is SR 033, and this was uh, submitted by Su Yun Chi. And uh, the, this plan aims for geographically compact districts, preservation of the integrity of the neighborhoods, simplicity, clear boundaries using neighborhood divisions and major thoroughfares, and the target deviation of 240, which is 0.4% uh, or less. This was also, this is SR 34. This was also submitted by Su Yin Chi. And the plan objectives were geographically compact districts, preservation of the integrity of neighborhoods, simplicity, clear boundaries, using neighborhood divisions and major thoroughfares, and again with a target deviation of 0.4%. And note that this plan, H011, uh, corrects a slight oversight on uh, my plan H010 submitted earlier on, plan um, H010 failed to connect, uh, failed a connectivity test because of a tiny sliver of land that was overlooked. But other than that, the two plans, H010 and H011, are, for all practical purposes, or uh, effects, identical. This is um, SR 35, was um, submitted anonymously. And the plan justification is the plan strived first for a 1% or less deviation, VRA consideration second, uh, protection for communities of interest third, and neighborhoods fourth, contiguousness and compactness with respect for geography, geographic boundaries of rivers, freeways was also considered. is uh, SR 0, or 36, and this was by Danielle Marshall, 
and there is no information um, in addition to that provided. This is Ian Merker, and this was uh, the plan justification states uh, that this provides geographic comprehensiveness in areas within and around the CBD. Uh, projects uh, projects future growth patterns in the CBD and uh, increases the diversity and economic balance of districts two and six. And then now we're back to um, SR 12, which we skipped over. We can, uh, if, 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 the, if the submitters come in later, maybe we can. Is the submitter for SR 12 here? Okay, this is SR 12. The plan objective is uh, one objective for this plan is establishment of a central district comprising downtown, midtown, and adjacent areas. And this has some of the similar boundaries you see from present day district lines. However, it does not take into consideration the use of interstate state routes or major roads, railroad tracks, and uh, river canals, green belts, and new subdivision lines. Most communities of interest were taken into serious consideration within this plan, including the partnering of more fluent areas with areas that have greater needs for social services and public assistance. And it keeps the uh, city council members with the exception of one or two within the district they currently represent. And with that, that concludes our presentation of the submission of plans. <clears throat> Thank you. It's my understanding that we have a speaker on this item. James Reed. He already did. Okay. That takes care. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Reed, thank you so much. We just uh, we had it for this item. Apparently, apparently we have one more speaker. Is, is that for this item, for item two? Greg Hatfield. Oh, good evening. I'm Greg Hatfield. I'm not a presenter of a plan or a drafter of a plan. I represent the South Pocket Homeowners Association. I guess there's not a map up there that we could, we could use for a minute. Um, maybe SR30 or 32 or uh, something along that line. Actually, if you could bring up 32, that's possible. Um, one of the things that we've noticed here from our association is, uh, again, I went and took the class on how to run the computer and all the stuff. And if you start at the top and work down, you kind of end up with some things squashed all over down, down below. If you start at the bottom and you work up, you squish things at the top. If you start in the middle, you squish things at the top and the bottom. So one of the things that our community down in the south pocket, down there kind of by the water tank, it looks like the flying saucer, down a little bit uh, there on the corner. Um, what we like is the kind of the parallel from the WXY freeway with the Sacramento River to the west, I-5 minus some jogs around the city college area, uh, part of Franklin there coming straight down. The numbering system is a little different than all the others, so it's kind of apples and oranges. 
But again, I understand what the gentleman was saying in relation to assigning the numbers. What we like about it, too, is we're not sure where some of the council members live. Uh, we know where our council member lives right now. Um, again, that should not be part of the redistricting. One of the other things we like about this is down on the blue area, District 7, is the new Delta Shores, which I notice is in a number of maps that goes over. It's an undeveloped area. Uh, when the economy changes, maybe in the next 10, 15, 20 years, that will be a growth area. It's my understanding that's not part of the charge to look at future growth in the actual census now. Uh, part of Delta Shores is on the west side of Freeport Boulevard, which my understanding when that development happens, that's the first portion. And uh, that is left under this plan with the District 7 up here, which the other part of the Delta Shores, probably the 98% of it, is to the east of uh, Freeport Boulevard. So we think that makes a lot of sense on this. So that's the South Pocket Homeowners Association's input. We like to see the linear. We think our uh, area of interest and community is more north to south than it is. Um, I can't go west because you're across the river, but east. So thank you very much for your time and consideration. Thank you, Greg, my neighbor. Okay, that's the last of the speakers. Hang on one second. That's the last of the speaker slips we have on item two. So if you intended to speak on item two, you haven't submitted a slip that we're aware of. Um, Member Plekebaum. Quick question for staff. Maria, um, the anonymous map, number 35, which I'll affectionately henceforward refer to as the Larry David map for the Kirby Enthusiasm fans, <laughs> um, is not available on the city's website? It was submitted um, as an image from the application, not an actual plan submission through the tool. Okay. So it's it's possible that we could potentially reconstruct it if we needed to, but it, we don't have the information right now. It was just submitted as a map image. Thank you. Members, other questions? Member Hanson. Oh, I'm sorry, Member Porter. Thank you. Um, Mr. Chair, one thing that I was just trying to um, grapple with, and this is an issue that I raised previously in looking at the number of maps that we have before us and some of the dialogue that took place at the beginning of the meeting, um, is really looking for some direction, whether it be from the committee or from staff, with what the rubric is that we should be looking at to make these determinations of, of the appropriateness of different maps, rather than just sitting here and let's dialogue and you know beat each other up about I like this part of map one as opposed to this map of part 35, and um, Member Hansen mentioned earlier in the meeting that it may be worth some value of putting together a rubric by which the committee as a body can move forward with, or even perhaps um, ask staff to apply to the maps in order to come up with some objective standards based on the districts that have been drawn. And from those standards then have a more informed dialogue of, you know, what makes a good map as opposed to um, just kind of sitting here and going back and forth. There just doesn't seem to be any firm standard for us to use. Okay. <clears throat> okay. There it is. Light stayed on. If I understand did it correctly, we did get our rubric and our standards 
from the first night, and that was the population and the other seven criteria for which um, we're supposed to use as a guideline to make the decision. I, I don't have a problem asking staff to consider using that formula and running through the maps that we have to, to say which one they think would comply with those criteria and, and sending us, you know, giving the committee mm -hmm. that information. Obviously, there was some, you know, as, as uh, Member Camp pointed out from the very beginning, there was a couple on there that you, would, you couldn't consider even if you wanted to. Cle clearly. And there were some that were um, an effort just to draw different types of distinctions, not the entire um, effort that we're undertaking. I do recognize that they provided us with the outline of what we should be considering, but it just seems with the volume of maps that we have and the complexity of the issues before us, if we don't move forward with, you know, some type of scoring system, some type of an effort to be able to hone down, you know, the, the number of maps that we have into something that's a bit more manageable for dialogue, um, I, I just see in the amount of time that we have um, it would be very difficult to address that. And I agree with you. Other comments? Did you, did you have a comment, Member Wallace? Um, I, I think uh, the first principle that we should, we should try to take a principled approach to evaluating these maps, and I think it should be as transparent as possible for the community. Um, I was talking with Carlos earlier before the meeting, and it's my understanding that um, some of these criteria are actually embedded in the maps as the, in the software online, and that we can actually evaluate neighborhood preservation or um, community of interest distribution within the software. Um, but prior to that, when I think the first criteria that we need to consider is the equipopulous consideration, and I think that aside from the fact that we know maybe three or four of these maps are community of interest maps, that we should um, try to focus on maps that don't deviate beyond 10%. Or maybe just a little bit more than 10%, and that would winnow down the pool by about 10. Um, and then within that, we could look at ranking our preferences, maybe based on roll call vote or or whatever, um, to determine which criteria we think are the most important to preserve first and foremost. Thank you. Other comments by members? Well, I certainly agree with you about. The ones that are pretty far out of whack. I mean, I think if a member of the commission feels like there's one of those maps that's beyond the 10 percent, that that they could make an appeal and say, "Well, listen, I, you know, I know this map doesn't fit the legal standards, but I'd like for us to look at this and take into consideration." So I'm not saying we shouldn't consider them, but it ought to come from, I would hope, uh, someone on a commission who thinks that that's a valid concern. I have another question. I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but I need a little clarification from the attorney. Um, we had discussed at one point, a little bit to my surprise, that the standards I thought developed by the city said something around considering incumbency. And I was hoping the attorney could tell us whether considering the, the resident of a current member I'm trying to recall exactly how you phrase this because I was, that was new information for me. Can you help me recall the point about where incumbent members live? What, what, uh, I don't understand whether the city charter or the regulations of what, what 
role to consider that? <clears throat> yes, um, Member Camp. I believe, as we discussed, I believe in one of Mr. Mendy's original reports where he scrolled down the standards and criteria that the committee and then the, ultimately the council should consider in making its map. There were the equipopulous standard, which is in the required by the federal constitution. Then there are the charter, the seven charter requirements of topography, geography, etc., which shall be considered in drawing the maps. I believe Mr. Mendy's report indicated there is another, maybe one or two, I can't remember your report, sorry, Scott, that um, there are some additional criteria which are considered traditional redistricting criteria which are not specifically called out in the city charter as criteria, but which have been recognized by the U.S. Supreme Court as legitimate state interests for redistricting. Among them is the concept of incumbency, where, you know, incumbency protection, essentially not pitting incumbents against each other or not drawing an incumbent out of their district. That is a, not stated explicitly as a criteria in the city's charter, but is recognized in the courts as a traditional criteria. Having said that, you will note that I believe, as we discussed earlier, the state specifically now precludes the use of incumbency address incumbency protection as a legitimate redistricting criteria for state districts under Proposition 11 and 20. The city charter does not have such a prohibition. It doesn't expressly call it out or expressly um, exclude it as a criteria that can be used. So essentially what the U.S. Supreme Court has said is it is not an invalid or unconstitutional consideration to consider incumbency protection when drawing district lines so long as that incumbency protection does not in and of itself also essentially mask some other invidious discrimination. In other words, protecting an incumbent from a growing minority population. Well, I think my question is this then, uh, Mr. Chair. If it's appropriate, the committee thinks it is appropriate, that we ask two questions from the staff. One of them is, are there districts submitted maps which don't meet the criteria of, I'm not sure if I'm using the word right, contiguousness. It looked to me like there was at least one or more maps in which the districts were not contiguous. And I'd be interested in whether or not that creates a, a, a concern that we need to be informed about and maybe that the public needs to be informed about. So I, it may be that I'm not looking at these clearly, but I, I felt like there was at least some question about that. Secondly, and I'm not sure if this is a um, sure what I think about this request, but this, these maps ultimately have to be voted on by the city council. They're the ones who are really going to decide which maps to use. So, or I'm, they could decide not to use any of them and have their oh, own. Oh yeah, I'm understanding that they could decide to draw their own maps, but ultimately it's going to take the city council's decision. To, this, to make the decision. They will make the decision. And so I would like to know from the maps, if it's appropriate, which maps uh, don't pay, uh, which maps have either zero incumbents in them or more than one incumbent in them. So at least I can, as a member, have that information 
available to me when, when thinking about um, the question of whether or not incumbency should be considered. So I just I'd like to have that information available, Mr. Chair. Let me let Matt make a comment, and then I'll, I'll recognize you, Member Hanson. I understand the concern of Member Camp. I just want to be clear that in, as part of this process, and this process is um, thanks to the wonders of uh, and the ingeniousness of Al Gore, the Internet now provides a wealth of information to our citizens. What we cannot do is we cannot publish the home address of any council members on the internet. And so therefore that we, we would have to think very carefully about how you would obtain that information in a way um, that would be helpful and yet not um, be potentially problematic for par public participation. So I'm not saying it can't be done in some fashion, but we cannot, um, staff and this committee should not in any way publish the home address of any council member, it is against the law to do so, to publish it on the Internet, unless that particular council member has given written authorization for that address to be publicized. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. Thank you. Well, in no way was I suggesting that. I was not the intent nor inclination. I just would like to have someone tell me. You don't need to publish anything, but tell me where there's where this question of there's no incumbent in the district, or there's more than one that we that I'd like to. I would find it helpful in terms of how do I evaluate the maps. I, I mean, I think uh, it's just a piece of the information that would be useful to me. I, I think you could get your question answered. Yeah. Um, I, I promise, Hanson, and then I'll go to Member Melviglio. Uh, when I when I was talking earlier about how we apply an analytical framework across, mm -hmm. kind of what I was suggesting was there's two ways we could do that. We could do it in a uh, quantitative way or we could do it in a qualitative way. So there are nine criteria, um, two from the state law and the federal constitution, Equipopulousness and Voting Rights Act, that we have to take into consideration, which are um, superior to the charter. And the charter lays out um, seven, six additional criteria, seven additional criteria, that we can take the maps and the staff could tell us where neighborhoods are split and just say, you know, South Natomas is split in this map or there are no neighborhoods split in this map and give us an analysis based on those criteria that are de definitively laid out and any which we may opt to apply in addition. And then we could look at all the maps across. Um, you know, one of the things that Mr. Camp raised, which I think is actually really valid, is there are nine maps that have over 10% standard deviation. The city attorney told us that over 10% standard deviation is presumptively unconstitutional without sufficient evidence. Um, some of those, to the discussion earlier, may present a certain point um, that we can aggregate, and there's been other testimony and evidence that's been given. The staff can um, begin to help us call out those patterns that have emerged in the maps and the, the voices of the community in, in some sort of overview um, to help us wade through this because I think with so many maps, unless we find a way to objectively do this, um, uh, the subjectivity continue, would continue to creep in and I think it makes us less legitimate in the public's eye. So 
Um, I guess that's my recommendation. We can do it qualitatively and quantitatively, but at least qualitatively understand um, where there are deficiencies and where there are suggestions from the community that um, would help us draw lines. Because what we may do, we don't know yet, but it may be an amalgamation of many different ideas that are presented across a spectrum of maps um, that are presented tonight. No one map may perfectly do what we might arrive at, but there are many good ideas across these 37 maps that we can take into account and sort out what might be uh, the best among them to apply to our recommendation to the council. Thank you. Member Maviglio. Yes, thank you. I, I would like to express great concern with us knowing where the incumbents live in these maps. I think that's the last thing we should worry about. And I think the people of the city spoke very strongly in the last election that they don't want maps drawn around incumbency. And we have many, many, many other factors to consider. I think uh, we already, because a number of these people on this committee were appointed by members, uh, received some criticism that we would be out to protect incumbents. And I think we have to take that extra step to show that we're not. And indeed, that is the purpose of the committee. And so I would, I would object to that being shared with us. I think it does not serve our committee well, and I know it doesn't serve the people of the city well. Thank you. Well, just you in do. response. Sure. Um, I think the people in the city, in fact, would like to see the city developed. And I think if you're going to create political instability, by the way you draw these maps, you're going to say to funders for the arena, for the rail yards, or any other big funders, you know, this is risky business coming into this city because it's, you know, the, the, it's, it's political instability. So I, I think, in fact, uh, part of leadership is taking criticism and standing up to it. I'm very interested in uh, how do we create political stability in the city. And I'm not interested in promoting a series of maps that create instability because I think it harms our ability to do economic development. So I beg to differ with you, and I think you're well on the press. Member Porter. Thank you. Um, I, I raised the mic on this because um, this was an issue that I raised at the very first meeting when it was addressed. And um, I think, Mr. Mendy, you were trying to show um, to Matt in the uh, April 25th um, documents that were provided to us. It, it was put in here that political incumbency, the city's charter does not preclude the use of political incumbency as a criterion. And I asked the question, um, how did that get in there? How did that get in the staff documents? Because it, it, to me, seems, you know, you choose to put something in or to not put something in. And I was concerned, and, and I made the mention at the time, you know, my day job is very much based in not protecting the political incumbency or not making decisions to protect political incumbency in the democratic process. And so, you know, when I asked, he, he um, stated that that was just a decision that was made, that there was no real um, forethought as to having that in or, or not having it in for a particular reason. I, I think if we're moving down the road of trying to bright line what is or isn't important for our consideration of how we move forward with these maps, um, I, I would again state that this is something that as a body we should identify what those key criterion are and how we're applying that to the maps that are coming forward. With no disrespect meant to staff at all, <clears throat> what we have are 37 maps with three pages of paper 
and a um, requirement to present something to the city council in a very short time frame that takes into consideration all of these concerns. Um, and again, I, I'm sorry, I disagree, Mr. Camp. I understand your perspective, but I disagree. I don't believe that we should be taking political incumbency into account one way or the other, that we should be looking at how do you draw these districts um, based on all the other criterion that we discussed. Um, and perhaps if at the end your personal viewpoint is that a map should or should not be accepted because of that political incumbency, then that's something that, that is incumbent to you to make a decision on, but that it shouldn't necessarily, unless the committee agrees to it, shouldn't be a decision made by this body. Member Bowler. Um, when I looked at the criteria of, of equal population, and then it said the others, it said continuity, and continuity means that I don't believe in wholesale changes if you're going to have progress. But clearly, the population has moved north. And I would not like to lose the advantage of a lot of skilled elected officials just because I want to make a wholesale change. So on the other hand, we've heard community of interest. We're listening. And I think it's incumbent upon all of us to take all these considerations, to pick the three or four or the five or six individually, and as men and women, we talk about them. Uh, equal population is first, and the others come second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. And I have no problems standing forth and say, I think this person should remain, not individual, but the, the level of consistency for incumbents because I think there's some advantage there. On the other hand, I'm not going to, we had some very good dialogue from our attorney in terms of what to be careful of and what not to do. We have each other to, to watch. So I'm not worried about it. I don't need much more than this. I would like additional information, which I think was mentioned by, um, I can't read your name here, <laughs> which is having additional information on top, which is always beneficial. Uh, if we say 10% or less, and then on top of that have communities of interest, on top, on top, on top, I think that's the kind of information I'd like to have. Uh, I'd like to know the incumbents, but I don't have need to know it right away. But I think it's incumbent upon us. They're going to know it. They're going to make the decision. All we're going to make is probably a recommendation. We haven't talked about this, but I always saw us making anywhere from two to five recommendations. We haven't determined... I never saw us coming to one, because I think that's pretty difficult with this kind of challenging group, because they're going to make the decision, as so aptly been pointed out to us. But I do see us reducing from 37 to whatever we do, so, which is doing our job for the, uh, the council members, which makes it easier for them to make the final decision. That, Member Hanson. Sorry. We have 15 members. It's hard. Um, 14. Oh, excuse me. Um, it's still hard. <laughs> it's still hard. Um, one of the things we've talked about is political stability being an important piece for the communities. But I think that given the change in population and the fact that it's not compelled by the charter, we have a lot of competing criteria that, um, while we should respect our council members, they've chosen to create this body, but they did it 
out of a concern that we take into um, consideration what the community has said. And we haven't heard the community say that we should protect political incumbents. And I think to this point, we do, to the extent we can, have an um, obligation to allow for stability of districts where that's possible. But in a lot of places, it may not be possible. And we should draw the best districts possible for the criteria that are called out by the charter. And um, I think what we heard from the city attorney earlier is that the word continuity in the charter is really meant, meant to mean contiguity, so that no piece of a district should be disconnected from its whole, severed, um, and that it's not meant to mean um, uh, political stability or some other meaning. And I would encourage this body to, to not add criteria on top of what we're given by the charter, but let's understand where we are with the charter criteria. And if at the end of this process we have heard from the public that they care that incumbents receive a certain level of uh, respect or discernment, uh, consideration, then we should adopt that. But nobody has come forward to us to encourage that. Let, let me say this. I, I hope we're not putting the cart before the horse. I haven't heard anyone suggest or say that we're protecting incumbents or not protecting incumbents. I did hear somebody ask a question and say, I'd like to know if any of these maps have more than one incumbent in it or have no incumbents in it. First of all, you could figure it out. Um, second of all, it was just asked as a question. Um, and getting back to Commissioner um, Porter's point, uh, Member Porter's point, uh, let me. This is a suggestion, suggestion only. Again, I'm I'm just helping to facilitate the discussion. There are a number of maps that I of the 37. I mean, our our job here to starting tonight is to narrow these maps down to which ones that are acceptable and which ones that are not. I don't think it would be very difficult for staff to help us in that um, vein in terms of telling us next week if, if indeed maybe I didn't, tonight, I don't, perhaps time won't permit, that there are a number of these maps that simply do not meet the criteria and, and they should, maybe should not be considered. I think we actually started out talking about that. But there are a number of maps that simply would not qualify, period. They are submitted because of someone um, desire to make a statement one way or the other, which may be informative to us, but there are a number of them you could narrow down right away. I mean, typically when you, in whatever it is you're doing in life, if you have a big list, you immediately eliminate the easy ones. So maybe we get 37 down to 27 or whatever that number is, and then start applying the criteria that we've been given to then start narrowing down to, and I, I agree with council member um, Bowler's point is that I foresee perhaps I'll be incorrect perhaps amazingly we'll all agree on one map but it seems to me we would end up probably recommending to city council probably maybe two or three maps with a ranking of this looks like it fits all the criteria the community's input the interest communities of interest etc cetera, etc cetera, one two and three in terms of priority and make that submission perhaps it won't come down to that but you know, maybe it's four or five, but it seems to me that at least we could start out by saying, oh, there's a number of maps here that don't, that will not fit the criteria, whether they belong or not is not the correct phrase. Uh, Member Porter. So, Mr. Chair, how would uh, you then suggest proceeding with 
providing staff with some direction as to how to weight those different priorities, those different criteria. Well, in terms of being able to tell us next week which maps don't qualify, I don't know that staff needs any direction with that. I mean, there's a certain number of maps in here that just don't qualify, right. period. The other criteria was laid out for us at the beginning of the process. I, I get they, that. I'm not, they're not, we're not, we won't be asking staff to pick a map. That's not what they're there for. No, I understand, but I mean, I guess the question that I have is it, it appears as though there are some criteria that can have competing priorities. Recognize that the equipopulous issues um, are overriding, but that there are other subordinate criteria that can have competing issues depending upon whose eyes are viewing that. And so perhaps it may be beneficial to agendize for the next meeting, you know, that discussion of identifying what the most important criterion are so that staff then can create some qualitative rubric to be able to say, all right, you know, um, committee, you identify these as your most important issues. We've calculated it out, and here are the rankings of the maps based on that. Then you go from 37 to maybe 15 that have a high number that we're concerned with, and those become the 15 that we're actually dialoguing on as a suggestion. And, and, I, and I appreciate the suggestion. Um, Member Shaw. Uh, thank you, Chair. I, um, I think there is that first easy step to make, and um, as the member who you know asked that we do include all of the maps initially, so that we could see what the what the concepts are, I feel comfortable that the ones that are t you know completely off, that we've 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 heard those concepts, we've seen them, and I think that those you know there's six or seven that are 50 percent plus over in deviation, and and I recognize the concepts that were um, attempted in them or, or, or that were um, communicated. And I also recognize that, you know, there was one where District 1 was 100 and something thousand, there's no two or three. So there was an error there, and I, I recognize that as well. But I think those can be, as a first step, cut off and would just, you know, ask the public that if you are the author or part of a group that contributed to one of those maps and you want that concept to be heard, then you know, please come before us and, and let us know. But I think that's a pretty easy first cut to make, and I, I agree with you that we should move forward and, and start narrowing things down. Based on the nodding of the heads, I think we have agreement regarding the first cut. So if we can just, you know, by sort of a, a what do they say in Congress about unanimous consent, um, if we could agree on the first cut um, to have staff essentially say, Next week, if unless they're ready to say tonight, these maps don't qualify, period. So we don't even uh, go any further than we have considered them. They've already been considered. They're considered tonight when we looked at them. Um, but, but they won't be a part of the dialogue. And then in a, an attempt to sort of um, understand what um, Committee Member Porter is saying, with, with this caveat for me, I'm speaking for me now, not as the chair, Staff, we have to be the staff's job is not to tell us what map to pick, and I don't think you're suggesting that. Okay, but the job is to tell us what the criteria is and how to apply it. Um, and so we're trying to what, what we're really trying to get is a methodology here for Professor Maviglio and some of you others who teach at the college level. We're trying to determine the methodology. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the methodology is, but I have some ideas about what it might be. So with that, um, Scott or his spokesperson, 
<laughs> Mr. Chair. Is, I'll get there. Based on what you've heard from committee members tonight, is there a suggestion that you might help us with next week in terms of um, putting together a methodology? Yes. So um, first, we're not meeting next week. So I just want to let everybody That's know. That's true. We're not. <laughs> Thank you. So don't come next week. <laughs> we're skipping next week, and then we'll be Which meeting makes it even better. the following week. <laughs> um, first, uh, we can, I think, uh, based on your comments, call out um, the maps that are far over the deviation of 10%, and then identify those that are close and see if you want to exclude those or include those tonight. We can do that now. Um, then... I would suggest that you um, that staff, based on the commentary that we've heard so far, build a matrix that is um, in alignment with the criteria that are stated in the charter, and um, see if we can more probably qualitatively comment on the individual submissions. A matrix. I like that word. Member Hanson, do you? S yes, Member Hanson. Uh, I think that's a great idea. Thank you for doing that. And I, um, I just wanted to say that there was uh, one map where the submitter said she corrected something and it superseded her previous map. It was map 33 was superseded by 34, where she corrected a contiguity problem. So I would say we should take that out as well, just as a the user. That's an easy one. Map. Yeah. Okay. So let me just get clarification, Steve. Ask the staff to identify those maps where it's don't have contiguous components. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I got a little bit lost. No, um, I think there are some contiguity um, issues that may arise across the 37 maps, but there was one map uh, maker, um, map 33 and 34 in her comments. She submitted another map because uh, after she ran the check okay. for contiguity, it said there was a problem, so she corrected that, but it's substantially similar. Uh, almost identical. So, so it superseded I'm, the first. Yeah, yeah it superseded. So, so just uh, get rid of the one. So 33 is. And then is just, if there are other questions that the staff has about contiguity, if that's the right pronunciation, I'd, I'd like to be informed yeah. about it. Yeah, I think that's great. And the only other thing I would add is we have received testimony. So based on what the neighborhoods maybe have said, in your matrix, if you could take into consideration the things we've heard from the community, and I don't know, I'll leave that to your judgment how you would do that um, unless the committee cares. But I think the testimony has been very valuable from the community. I will say that I, I'm actually surprised and somewhat disappointed about the number of folks who submitted maps that did not come to speak to us. I'm not sure exactly what that says about the interest in the map, um, but I'm, I'm somewhat surprised about that. Um, map maker 12 is here. Uh, Member Plekabaugh. That was my comment. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it would be, does the committee indulge map maker 12 now? That's okay with you, Madam Clerk. We'll have map 12 put back up. We need a speaker slip if we've not gotten one already from you. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity, uh, commissioners. Do we have the speaker slip? Thank you. Um, my name is Ben Phillips Luciana, and I had submitted this uh, map version back on May 5th. 
Um, and I, I believe I have two minutes. Okay, great. So uh, as I presented this map for your consideration, um, the intent of this map was to try to keep as many of the existing council um, members in their um, district, in addition to the fact that it was a balancing act. Uh, the consideration I had for this um, was also to maintain the um, the uh, the amount of percentage amount of deviance uh, excuse me deviation. Thank you. I'm sorry. I can't. I was rushing through traffic as I was getting here, so I apologize. Um, deviation of 3.7 percent or less. Uh, from the 5,800 or 58,000 uh, populace for each of the districts, um, and as a individual citizen, not necessarily representing any organization that I might have spoke for in the past, um, I also I had, uh, as you can see from District Five, um, attempted to make a unified um, downtown and midtown urban core. So uh, I'd like to uh, answer any questions that the um, commission might have of the map. What we've been doing tonight is Thank you. just taking input and not really asking questions. Okay. I mean, obviously, the members can ask the questions sure. they like, but we were just attempting to take the input tonight okay. to be able to sort of, um, you know, stew on it. Sure. Until our next meeting, and then start our dialogue. Sure. And in, in addition to um, the, the information I had already provided, um, as far as the verbiage when, when the map was submitted, uh, another consideration that I had for s some of the boundaries that were outlined in this particular uh, submission was the fact that um, I was trying to make certain communities whole again, as opposed to how they were uh, uh, partitioned in the previous 10 years. Uh, I personally live in uh, West Tahoe Park, and West Tahoe Park is uh, part of 85 today, as opposed to the rest of uh, Tahoe Park, Elmhurst, and uh, Colonial Heights, which is part of uh, D6. Um, so we have kind of the same interests, even though um, the uh, previous redistricting had put us in, in on the other side of the uh, uh, Stockton Boulevard line. District. So, thank you. Thank you. Okay, no microphones lit up. I love it. Item three. Okay. Um, pardon me, but um, chair, right here, way down. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yes. I have, I have um, two comments that I wanted to read into the record on that item before we move on. That were just statements that came to staff from the North Franklin District, as well as the county registrar. Please. Is, okay. So I'll read from my, from my email here. This is um, from the North uh, Franklin District, and uh, they would like um, the record to read that they would, um, one, please do not break up the business district Broadway to Turnbridge at, in District 5. Two, there are two areas on 21st Avenue, a rectangle and triangle that we think should be included in District 5. Third point is um, push District 5 north to align with the freeways. And four, don't push District 4 and District 6 into the current 
District 5. We can provide that as to the committee members. That's from North Franklin District. And from the county registrar, um, this comment, I'm coming across a community issue that I'd like you to bring up. There's um, this area, population 223 is bounded by 21st Street, Broadway, and the railroad tracks. By every definition, I found um, this area associated with, it's universally grouped with Curtis Park, not with Land Park. In our current supervisorial districts, lines chop this group off with the rest of Curtis Park by using the 21st Street as a boundary. And the city of, um, and Sacramento City Council lines do also between districts four and five. And the, my intent in redrawing the supervisorial lines um, between district one and two is to unite this area back into the rest of Curtis Park by utilizing the railroad tracks as the boundary. And then there, um, and then we can also provide this detail to the committee members. And that was from the Sacramento County Registrar of Voters? Yes. And also before we move on, if you want staff to um, read out the, um, the plan submissions that we think can be um, taken off the top before further analysis, I can do that at this time. Why don't we if you're prepared? SR005 has a 74% um, over 74% deviation. SR010 has a 294% deviation. This one is uh, near the boundary. Or, um, this has uh, SR015 is 10.70% deviation. Can be included or excluded based on your direction. Why don't we include it for now? It's close. SR020 is a community of interest statement from the Latino communities. SR23. Excuse me, can we go back to that one? But how about the deviation from population? Oh, they, that's right, they, they didn't draw it. They Sorry. didn't draw a full okay. map. Thank you. Uh, this is SR023. It has a 65% deviation. This is SR224, uh, and it has a 10.83 deviation. What do you think? Okay. Leave it in? Let's leave it in for now. Okay. Um, SR26 has a 77% deviation. SR033 is a correction. There's a correction map that supersedes this map. The anonymous submittal doesn't have any um, additional information on it at this point. What number is that one? This is, oh, I'm sorry, SR35. Okay, apparently, apparently okay. We, we want to leave it in. Leave it in? All right. This is SR36, has a 54% deviation. 
and SR37 has 114% deviation. Okay, could, would you, do, for my edification, would you repeat those numbers one more time, or I can repeat what I have? I'd rather you do it, because I, okay. I may have not taken the best notes. Yep, I have um, SR5, SR10, SR20, SR23, SR26, SR33, SR36, SR37. So that's seven, correct? Eight. Eight? Okay. So is there a consensus that, that those eight? Okay. So we're now down to 29 maps. Woohoo! Can I just ask if we mentioned the point that Steve made that one map kind of replaced another? Are there any other cases where that? Well, okay. So it's, that's the only instance we know of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. And so before we leave this item, next week we're going to get a matrix. Not next week. No, it's in two weeks. We're going to get a matrix that at least plugs in the maps that we have left into some criteria that we've already been, that's been outlined for us um, starting with the beginning of the process. Is that correct? Is that my, should be my, our expectation? Yes. Thank you. Now can we move to item three? Okay, item number three is the community participation. We need um, one point of clarification. Yes. Um, will we report back on whether um, incumbents are displaced by a map plan that's submitted? Do we need one? Well, is there a reason why we do not want that information? Yes. I understand. Well, we, we've already heard reasons why we don't want it. The question is whether or not we should get it. And it's not in the right. city. It's not in the city charter. I understand it's not in the charter, it's in the court's It's not decision. in, it's not out, no, so that means I'm it's sorry. not I'm just trying to respond to your point. I was trying to finish. Say, big part? I said I was trying to finish. I, I said it was, it was not in the list of criteria. So to put it in would be an act to do that. Um, well, hang on a second. Yeah. Is that is accurate that it's not in the criteria? Because that's not exactly. It's not in one of the mandatory criteria for the council to consider when drawing the map. That is correct. For the council to consider. Well, and this, I mean, this well, body. Well, I mean, there, and the there go. No, I understand. It, the council's not considering it. It's, well, I, I think, Mr. Chair, to well, that. Hang on. Member Camp had the floor, and then, I'll, then you're, you're next. Go ahead. Don't make your point. Uh, just. As a member of the committee, I'd like to know if, if uh, people don't want me to know. I guess I can just go find it out on my own. I just, a lot of extra work. I don't mind doing it if that's your objective. But um, I'd appreciate the information one way or the other. Member Porter, then Member Rubicalva. Thank you. Um, you know, again, just to reiterate, my position is not that you as an individual member shouldn't be privy to information. It's that we as a body should not particularly be advancing this particular subset of information as us making a decision in how these maps should be drawn. I think if we're going to use the criterion of is it or isn't it, you know, if it's not part of those set criteria that we need to, to deliberate about, then we as a body need to sit down and talk about what we're not going to add into that matrix because I'm sure there are issues um, 
from all of us that are outside of those specific um, criterion. So my suggestion would just be that we leave it off of the matrix that staff works off of, and if we as individual members have a concern with how that plays out, then we individually speak to staff about that. Okay. And Member Ruvacarbo. I think the, that was kind of along the same lines I was going. If individual members would like to have that information, I don't see, or maybe is there a reason why that individual member can't have that information given to them? I, everybody's going to review and analyze their maps unless we have a specific, you know, guideline as, you know, number one, populist, number two, for example, communities of interest, number three, you know, compactness, whatever, unless it's my understanding that populist is the first and foremost criteria that we have to look at. And then I don't think that we've decided whether we're going to weight any of the other um, factors. And if we're not going to, it might just be a matter of, you know, map one has three of the six criteria. Map two has, you know, one of the six criteria. And if member camp would like to have the incumbency be part of his own personal analysis and he's not sharing that information with anybody else, I'm not sure how that affects. It, it won't affect how I analyze a map for him to have that information. Un understood. I, I would raise um, two, two points. One, in the sensitivity that um, the attorney raised, the city attorney raised relative to the Public Records Act and information that can and can't be put out um, on the Internet, that would just be something in, in requesting information from staff relative to, I think what we're looking for is, is any incumbent going to be displaced by the way that the maps are drawn, not the specific physical location of an incumbent. I think that's what I was hearing from the city attorney's office. Um, but to the point of um, Michelle on the waiting, I think that's an important issue for us to d dispense with at this point so that staff can spend the next two weeks working on. So the, the question in my mind is, do we just say, okay, based on the conversations that we've had that you've all heard, take that, do your best to apply appropriately um, the different criterion, or do we provide some additional um, working detail on those criteria that seem to be of competing interest? And so as a body, um, while it's not necessarily agendized for that, but being able to direct to them how we think those provisions are most applicable. I think staff sort of is loud and clear and that they have the skill and professionalism to bring us back a matrix that incorporates the discussions. Are we ready for item three? Thank you. Okay, item number three is the community participation after formal plan submission. Hello again. Maria McGonigal. Here, um, staff to the redistricting process. We're going to talk a little bit about the community participation after this uh, formal sub plan submission, the community will continue to have opportunities to provide input to the process by attending meetings, providing testimony to the Sacramento Citizens Redistricting Advisory Committee, this body, and um, the council may through August, possibly into September. The, um, this committee, this body's um, charge is to review, organize, analyze, and refine the redistricting proposals that were submitted to the city as well as recommend to the City Council preferred redistricting proposals. The Council has the final approval authority for the new adopted boundaries. 
The community is strongly encouraged to participate throughout the redistricting process. For the weekly uh, meeting agendas, uh, archived uh, meetings, the City of Sacramento Redistricting Citizens Advisory Committee, you can go to the City of Sacramento website at www.cityofsacramento.org and um, click on the council agendas and meetings and make sure that um, if you um, don't have an opportunity to attend um, that you can review the meetings and make comments as Mr. Mavligalio pointed out, um, and we will um, make sure that that's more available and prominent um, and easily uh, used by citizens. There's a lot of information on our redistricting website at the cityofsacramento.org um, slash redistricting, and we want to encourage um, you know, the citizens to come to this board to uh, be active in the process throughout the deliberations of this uh, body as well as the council and um, encourage you to participate. That's all I have for this item. Okay. <clears throat> we have a speaker on this item, I believe. I think, actually, I think there's three speakers. Dave, David Deleuze, followed by Aaron Flannery, and then Daryl Roberts. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, members of the committee. David Deleuze, President and CEO of the Greater Sacramento Urban League and also member of the African American Leadership Coalition. Uh, we submitted a map, and I know Mr. Roberts already spoke on that. I just wanted to encourage you to, as best you can, to publish your criteria, your specific criteria, uh, and, and your methodology for actually making some of those decisions well in advance of you actually announcing what your what your priorities or, or, or your cuts are. That way, it'll give the community an opportunity to effectively come back and advise you and give you information. Um, it's one thing to have a bunch of lumber sitting in a pile with a bunch of nails. Uh, it's a whole other thing to have an actual plan or schematic plan of building a building. And that's the difference here. We have a list of criteria. The question is, is how is this body going to actually apply those criteria? And as a member of the community, I would like to know in advance of you making any final recommendations or cuts what your actual strategy is in terms of identifying how, what are the what are the cut points? What are the what are the fine gradations you're going to be looking at in terms of creating your list of priorities or your list of uh, preferred choices? I realize that you guys have a tough task ahead of you, and that you are going to probably make multiple recommendations to the uh, uh, to the council. But uh, as a member of the community, very active and involved and interested in this process. Uh, I and the members of the African American Leadership Coalition would ask you to publish as far in advance as you can uh, the criteria that you're going to use in order to make your recommendations. Thank you. Thank you, David. Good evening, members of the committee. My name is Erin Flannery. Um, I've spoken before on behalf of the LGBT Redistricting Commission or committee. Never decided on a name. Um, so I just wanted to start out by saying thank you to all of the members of this committee and members of staff. Um, I joined this process about a month and a half ago, about two months ago now, because I went to a meeting in my district, and there was a presentation, and I said, wow, that's really interesting. I really want to know what's happening 
with this process. And so I joined up and got an, a chance to participate. And from what I've seen so far, this has been the fun meeting. This is where we got to see maps. This is where we got to see community participation. We got to see what people want and not what everybody wants and not to the full extent that it's eventually going to be presented. But people put a lot of time and resources into making this happen. So I hope you guys all recognize your achievement today to, to making this happen for the whole community. So thank you for that. Um, and then in 51 seconds, I will say that on the matter of incumbents, that um, I as a member of the public trust that you as a committee can make decisions that are for the, speak to the best needs and the best interests of the community. You guys aren't Hal. Um, you're not just a computer. You guys are critical thinkers. And I as a member of the public would like to empower you to make decisions, to look critically at what incumbents are doing and say, are they representing a community? Do they need to continue to represent that community? As Mr. Camp mentioned, are there funding sources there? I'm a, I live in a district where, well, I live in one district, my church is in another district, and I work in another district. It would be a binding thing to have one representative to, to meet those needs. So I'd like to say, throw all the information you can at this problem. You know, if the, if the current districts are not doing their job, what can you as a committee do to make that happen? Because I think that's why you're here. That's why we're here. So I just want to repeat, please feel empowered to make decisions. Feel empowered to take all the available information you have and make good decisions I'm for the ask city you to of Sacramento. Wrap up. That's all. Thank you. Daryl Roberts. We feel empowered. Good evening, uh, members. Uh, Daryl Roberts, Chair of the African American Leadership Coalition. Two points. One, just for clarification, I'm not sure if, if those who presented the maps really understood that tonight they would be given an opportunity to speak to the map. So the absence of some those who did that might have been a little misunderstanding as to whether or not that would happen tonight. I'm um, not sure how it was communicated. I knew we would be here, but we've been here at every meeting, and, there, and many of our colleagues have, but I'm not sure if everyone understood that. So they're, they're not being here, may not say that they don't, they're not interested in the process, but they really may not recognize this would have been a night for them to speak. Um, secondly, uh, I want to, uh, again, reiterate why the African American Leadership Coalition looked at District 2 as a district. Um, we looked at the Voting Rights Act, and one of the things that we thought was very, very important historically is that some of our communities have been silent over the years in terms of speaking about the interests of their community. When we looked at South and Thomas and the Garden Land and Del Paso communities, we saw that as an opportunity to create a new district. Um, no question that, it, that, that in some cases people see it as not having an incumbent. But really, it's my understanding that there will be an election in 2012 if there is a vacancy anyway. So there really wouldn't be that much time to spend on that. But it does give us an opportunity to, for a community of interest that has not been represented well on the council, uh, in our, and at least in the last 10 years that I can think of, to be heard from and to be represented by those who would elect it. Thank you very much. Here's the question. Thank you, Daryl. Member Kemp. Just for the record, I thought Granlin Johnson did a fantastic job of representing the community's interests. 
Okay. Um, is, is that, was that the final speaker on item three? Can we go to item four? And I'll bet you there's not a lot of debate about item four. <laughs> Motion item, to approve. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even read <laughs> it. It's the minutes. Let her, let her read it into the record. <laughs> this is the approval of the May 16, 2011 committee minutes. Move approval. Second. Second. We move the second that we adopt minutes from the May 16th meeting with the note that the chair was not in attendance. Apologize for that. It's out of town on business. Uh, those in favor, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed, abstains. The ayes have it. Okay. Item five. Item five is the LGBT as a community of interest oral report. Hello again. All right. At the redistricting committee last week on May 16th, several speakers testified that the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community should be identified as a community of interest. The redistricting committee, this body, requested that this item be agendized for this meeting today on May 23rd for discussion and possible action. At issue is, um, does the LGBT community meet the characteristics of a community of interest? and uh, what geographic extent should be identified as the LGBT community of interest. Characteristics of, the, of a community of interest, um, public testimony was provided by several individuals um, uh, that the LGBT population has common interests and concerns. And there was also uh, public testimony that also provided that um, arguments that the LGBT community can be ge geographically delineated as um, the central city area, i.e. river to river, freeway to freeway. Consideration of communities of interest may be important for providing a meaningful and fair chance to elect officials who best represent a group's concerns, interests, and priorities. Identification of whether a neighborhood is a community of interest is a necessary but not sufficient criterion for keeping it intact. At this point, staff um, recommends that this body consider a motion to direct staff to include um, the um, committee's intent to identi identify the LGBT community as a community of interest in the report back recommendations to council that come from this body. I'll be glad to make that motion if you need, sir. I, I am not prepared to make a motion that the area that does not include any lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender people be included. I mean, that's just... That flies in the face of reality. So I asked about that, and they said, oh, we think maybe people will move there whenever we develop Township 9. Well, Township 9 has not been developed. We don't know who's going to populate it. And I think it's, it makes us look foolish to suggest. Now, there may be another basis on which we include the Township 9 section into the Midtown area. But it can't be on the basis that it's a community of interest for the the gay, lesbian, bis bisexual, transgender community because there's nobody living there. So I, 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 don't, I don't want us to make a, a policy based on a, a, objectively no, ba no, 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 no reality to it, I, I, at least for me. I'm certainly prepared to ask the staff to come back with a recommendation, and I'll make that motion, but not, not to include something in which there's no, no evidence. Yeah, I, I'm not absolutely sure I understand. The, the, the um, staff is recommending that 
this body consider a motion to direct us um, to include the intent of the bo of this body to identify the LGBT community as a community of interest in the report back that goes to council in the final report back right. at this point. And hang on, hang, hang on a second. There, were, there was an order to the mics. Um, Commissioner Pluck. So if there, if there is a motion, I'd make a substitute motion that we uh, recognize the LGBT community as a community of interest and make no um, statement with respect to specific boundaries, river to river, freeway to freeway, simply that the LGBT community be treated as a community of interest. That's my kid. And, and so then uh, if, if a friendly amendment is accepted, then, then that would be the motion. And I'll second that. I think there may have been some confusion, but I think we've clarified it. Um, so that, that motion... Um, has been made. Is the clerk clear on what the motion is? I believe so. Okay. If you'd like. And it's been seconded. Okay. All in favor signify by saying. Oh, is there any further discussion regarding it? Go ahead. Will that will that staff recommendation or will, will legal aspects be looked at this at all? I'm all for it, but I just want to make sure that's going to be part of the equation. Whether or not something is a community of interest is a policy decision, and based upon the evidence and the testimony brought before the committee, it's really, there's really no, quote, legal issues involved in it, except the fact that it's a, an identified criteria as something that the body could consider and the council shall consider in drawing the maps. There, is a, there are some definitions that staff has presented in the reports about what is, has been recognized as a community of interest, and there is some discussion in the case law about what is a community of interest. Um, I think we've touched on them in the past, so I don't know if you want to go back and, and think about that definition before you want to vote, but that's really up to you. But whether or not ultimately something meets that criteria is really just a call for the body to make as to what it believes is a community of interest based on the testimony that's been brought before. Okay. I, I just wanted to make sure, since people that might not agree with this tend to spend a lot of time in courtrooms trying to take this on, that that box is checked when you when we go forward with this. I think he's saying there's no box to check. It's a policy decision. Yeah, it's a policy de It's a policy decision what you believe and what the council believe is a community in of interest based upon the information that was brought forth to the committee and ultimately to the council. Does it meet the criteria of community of interest? That's pretty much your call. Commissioner? Member Hansen. I'm going to get that commissioner you out of my keep mind. trying to promote us, and that's not a bad idea. Uh, I just saw so you say. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to offer is that um, I think this is a very meaningful thing to the LGBT community, and there are a whole series of uh, different communities of interest that are either economic, social, or other things that were listed in the staff report, from dog parks to bicycle pathways to, you know, uh, specific industries that have been recognized before. So we're not really breaking any new ground from that standpoint, but it's a very meaningful thing to this particular community, uh, of which I am a member, that they get this respect. And I think the committee is appreciated in taking this step. And ultimately, like any of the other communities that presented community of interest arguments, the data should ultimately guide us. And I think we've got some strong data from many of the different communities that are using the community of interest pathway um, to make sure that their communities are respected and not diluted unnecessarily. So 
yeah. with that, uh, I will be voting aye. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. We have a speaker. Uh, before we take the vote, we'd like for us to hear from that speaker. And while the speaker's coming up, Matt. One thing that I, I don't want to leave this not said because uh, I just referred to the materials that were previously presented to the council, but in response to be completely, uh, I guess, more fully responsive to Mr. Maviglio's question about whether or not something is or is not a community of interest. There, there, are, there is a definition of a community of interest, and, and the testimony of the members of the LGBT community have established I guess to this, this this body that there is a cohesive um, uh, interest that they have because of of their community and the uh, participation they have in in various political and, and social uh, interactions, and that is what a community of interest would be defined as, as presented by Scott in his previous reports. In additional, additionally, one of the other aspects of the definition of a community of interest is a um, geographical contiguity. And so uh, just keep that in mind in, in, in whether or not that's something you want to consider as one of the definitional aspects of, of the, what you would like staff to direct back to council uh, in recognizing the LGBT community as a community of interest if there is some geographical contiguous area which you are specifically referring to or if this is a, uh, intending to be a more generic and citywide uh, community of interest. So it's something that you might want to uh, talk about and consider. I'm sorry, Mr. Chair. Just based on that comment, I have one question. Go ahead. Relative to that, Matt, is it um, is it your impression then you have to have those two points in order for it to stick, if you will? So, for example, the motions that have been made essentially removed any um, specific identification of a geographic boundary which is, um, in my estimation, inconsistent with the data that's been provided to the committee over the last couple of meetings. But um, do you believe that those two criteria have to be met in order for it to be an established and therefore less legally suspect community of interest? Whomever can address it. Well, the definition that has been provided um, in the uh, authorities, if you will, about what is a, a community of interest are circumscri circumscribed by geographical constraints. Um, so there's not a generalized community of interest citywide with respect to um, violin players, for example. Okay? That would certainly be a community of interest of musicians uh, in the general sense but, um, but unless you define it by a geographical constraint, I don't think you've identified and fallen within the definition and discussion of the concept within the literature of what a community of interest is. There needs to be some kind of geographical or uh, contiguous component to it. And it could be a very large area, as large as you want it to be. It could be a small area. It, could be, it needs to have some kind of locus um, for it to have some kind of meaning, because you remember that all of this relates to spatial decisions, right? There are spatial decisions to be made, lines to be drawn. And so the community of interest concept is ultimately grounded in a spatial, albeit two-dimensional, um, concept, construct, right? Now, having said that, again, ultimately what this 
there is no right or wrong answer on that question. There's no, there's no bright line rule of this is or this isn't. It's a generalized concept that's been talked about with no right or wrong. And that's why in answer to Mr. Maviglio's question, there's not a legal construct except for the definition and however the body feels uh, someone has come and met that definition to their satisfaction. There's no right or wrong right. answer to that question. In, in my opinion, there's no right or wrong answer to that question, so long as the community has come and spoken on it. And so then relative from um, the motion that was made that I seconded, it, it appears to me that that geographic location would be citywide. Or, or not. I mean, I know. Well, I know well let's have the maker of the motion. You seconded. I'm sorry. Uh, member, member, member Perry, we have not heard from we you. We moved to intend to identify it as a community of interest. We didn't. We're not moving to identify the geographic location of that community of interest. Only no, our intention to honor it. Uh, right. And maybe, maybe I'm putting too fine a point on it. But since the, you know, authority within this commission within the city council lies within the jurisdiction of the city, it seems to be a logical extension of. And was well, that, and the, I assume that's the intent of the maker of the motion. My intent was to make a motion that uh, uh, recommended to the council that we treat the LGBT community as a community of interest um, in the same way that we treat uh, ethnic communities and other communities as communities of interest uh, without respect to a specific geographic area within the city. Period. And, and, and I assume you're still okay with the second. Now, I, I am, yes, and I, I apologize. Thanks for the clarification. Okay, and now, I'm staff, go ahead. Okay, um, on one comment to that, that's um, okay to make a motion of that nature, but in order for staff to be able to comment on whether or not a community of interest is impacted, we need to know the definition of the geography of that community of interest. So I would, you know, I think that staff heard and uh, can comment back to us that the community of interest, um, geog the geography of this community of interest um, has been, you know, we've received a lot of testimony about those boundaries and what they should be um, based on the public comments that we've received so far. And so if, if we can define that geographic extent, I think that would be helpful to the process rather than to um, bump it to another time. Mr. Chair. Well, I understood it to be citywide, and somebody correct me if that's... That's a misunderstanding. Mr. Chair. I, I think that there are two separate issues really being discussed here. One is how we treat communities of interest in general, how we recognize them. I think that if other communities come forward um, that meet the definition that provides evidence, then, then we should pay them the same respect, recognize them. But to the extent that they presented evidence anecdotally, um, statistically, with data, I think we should let the staff then use their matrix and analyze the communities of interest, whether they're Latino, African American, uh, API, or um, LGBT, in the same ways as they would analyze other um, uh, aspects of what the charter has compelled us to do. So we understand where communities get broken, where they don't, but I would be uncomfortable with n not treating the other communities that have come forward specifically the Latino communities uh, supplies with a map of their community of interest that showed two geographic concentrations that we not treat 
anyone differently, but that we pay the same respect to them all. So I think that the maker of the motion did a very good job. Let's let the staff use the data that's been turned in via testimony to help help figure out, analyze that question rather than prescribe it um, ourselves. Is is that helpful or no? As, um, I, in the report, I stated that um, staff has heard from the testimony that uh, for this community of interest that it would be river to river and freeway to freeway. Is that not true? Well, I, I know that they're here, but we were there are several maps that were submitted, and I think that they, they show a geographic concentration that is beyond that. So I think that how the maps are drawn really relies on the data, should rely on the data, and nothing more than the data, um, which I think is a, a fair point that Brother Camp brought up. Um, so at the end of the day, just like any other community, we should let the data and the other factors help make that decision rather than uh, arbitrarily picking, because we have so many competing, confounding criteria that we need to manage. And I'm sorry, I may be completely wrong, but my recollection was that that was the geographic boundaries of the downtown urban core, not necessarily of LGBT, or am I wrong? Or maybe people share that definition among groups. I think we have someone here that might be able to speak yeah. to that. Why don't, why don't we have Rosanna speak? And then we also have David Deleuze sign to speak on this issue. Okay, and I'd be happy to take any questions. I, uh, I'm Rosanna Herber, and uh, thank you for the opportunity, uh, Chair Cherry and members of this committee, to allow us to speak one more time. Um, this really is about an issue of respect for us. Uh, we do feel strongly that we fit into a community of interest based on the uh, excellent testimony that uh, came from the Sac State professor who you had here. We are a community that has suffered discrimination um, over time, and we are a community that is subject to legislation uh, and, and feel very strongly that, that this really is about respect for our community. Um, as you know, a, a lot of folks provided testimony last week. We didn't ask them to show up tonight because we didn't want to have your meeting go really late. And I think that you saw uh, from the folks who came forward that there is strong support for this. Uh, I do want to say that uh, we are gratified that Equality California was able to give us even more data points than we had in our map that demonstrated support, um, where our support is in the community. And I also want to um, acknowledge uh, David DeLuce, Daryl Roberts, and Dr. James Reed of the African American Leadership Council that also um, acknowledged um, our community of interest. And last but not least, um, the Sacramento Gay and Lesbian Center, the Rainbow Chamber, and the Stonewall Democrats have all passed a resolution asking that our community of interest receive um, respect from the committee. And so I do think that there, there is a, an argument that there's no people who live in that rail yard, um, so that the data, there's no data per se there. Um, certainly, we would like for that area to be included, but we do understand that you have um, a lot of uh, competing 
interests to take into account, and um, there is a logical argument for uh, the fact that no one lives there right now, that um, it, it could be um, a community of interest for our, uh, a lot of different communities. Um, I have a, an opinion, and you, you know it, and, and I, but I also see your point. Thanks, Roberta. Uh, David Deleuze. I'm sorry. Go, um, Member Shaw. Pardon why, me, why Mr. Coming up? Mr. Deleuze. I just want to speak to the, the last speaker's comment. Is that um, I, I appreciate you because I heard you say this in our in our last meeting, not um, attempting to very hard and fast delineate exactly what those boundaries are. So what I'm hearing from the dais as well as from the last speaker is that we can recognize the LGB community as a community of interest without trying to draw a district tonight. Um, and if that's, of, uh, um, if that, if that, if that's enough um, on behalf of the speakers and the, and the other members, then I'm, I'm very comfortable with that, and I think that the motion satisfies, satisfies doing that. So I'm, I'm very comfortable with it as well, and I, I'm, it appears that we have a consensus and are appeared to vote on one. We want to finish having our speakers uh, before we do that. Mr. Deleuze. David Deleuze, uh, African American Leadership Coalition, Greater Sacramento Urban League. We uh, support the motion that is on the table. Uh, our maps did recognize a community of interest in the downtown core for the LGBT community. Um, we believe that uh, your motion is consistent with, with our intent as well. So we, uh, we're good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We still have a motion. And we still have a second, I believe. We do. All in favor, please signify by a very hearty aye. Aye. Any opposed? The ayes have it. Any abstentions? Ayes have it. Thank you. Congratulations. Okay. Um, public comments on matters not on the agenda. Do we have any speakers for matters not on the agenda? We have no one signed up to speak. All right. Members, questions? and ideas and comments from the members. Commissioner, I'm the commissioner. Member Hanson, there's going to be one meeting where I don't say commissioner. <laughs> Member Hanson, beat you to the punch. Right. That, that's not it by intent, I'm sure. Um, the only thing I'd like to say is, uh, in addition to thank you for the last item, is uh, now that uh, Member Hom is no longer here, that the... Um, the API community is no longer represented on our committee. And so I just hope that um, either they can come forward and give us some testimony um, or that that we can keep in mind um, their interests. Well, the <laughs> South, 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 <laughs> South Asian community, not, not, notwithstanding, but particularly um, our historic Chinese, Japanese, uh, uh, South Asian communities. You know, my grandmother used to say, nothing kills a duck but his beak. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. We might want to just kind of leave that alone. Very ably represented here on this commission. We're honored to have the leadership of the API committee, and they will be very articulate in representing that perspective from one person's point of view. M Member Shaw. And, and I, in no way, shape, or form, would attempt to say that I speak for the entire API community or the entire body of, of any group 
um, in the city, but um, I hope that as as a, as a South Asian, as an Asian, as a person of color, that um, I will be able to communicate some of those interests. And I also ask the API community in general, including the, the more specific groups that Member Hansen mentioned, um, to continue to be a part of the process. Thank you. Okay. Oh, Member Member Plekabar. On a lighter note, two quick um, points of clarification. I believe uh, Ms. Herbert was referring to Dr. Mills, who's from the University of San Diego. And there are, in fact, uh, about 200 residents in the rail yards, uh, by my count, 184, just for the record. Thank you for that clarification. Mr. Chair, unfortunately, I'm going to be having dinner with my wife in uh, Budapest at our next meeting. I regret that, although I would rather you not mention that to my wife, but I will not be able to make our next meeting. But I will be at all the rest of the meetings. Thank you. Any other comments? Can I get a motion to adjourn? Moved and seconded to adjourn the meeting. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. The meeting's adjourned.